0: So, hi, welcome everyone to Nevermind the Gap. I am joined here today by Lindsay Hanari on our fifth episode of The Time Gap. So really excited to be here with everyone that has joined um, my co-host and I, and we look forward to having very rich discussions around this topic. Um, And I'll go ahead and let Lindsay take it away. Hey, everyone. Thanks,
1: Carmen. Um, Yeah, this week on Nevermind the Gap, you know, Carmen and I were thinking about what we have so many demands on our time. Um, inevitably things fall between the cracks or we find ourselves running all the time. And we asked ourselves, you know how do we get here? And you know, we not only do we deal this with this personally, but we're absolutely dealing with this uh, professionally, especially the companies, executives, and leaders that we coach and advise. And so what are some realistic tools or frameworks uh, that we can share with you uh, to take back some control over your time? And you know, what triggered this is we're in a tech-enabled, always-on economy. And as leaders, especially the leaders we coach and work with, you, know, you spend your day in meetings putting out fires, um, getting, and you end up getting the real work done after the formal workday ends. And what I like to call the informal workday or work evening begins. And this is, you know, I work in finance, energy, and industrials, and, you know, Carmen works in healthcare. And I find it especially true in healthcare, where you know, people's health and safety are on the line. Um, and I know it holds some parallels for all of us. So, why don't you lead us off on looking at the time gap in healthcare?
0: Sure. So, you know, it's very interesting in the healthcare world. Um, it's an environment that's very complex. Um, I think that, you know, every hour is different. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, nowadays, even with staffing, you know, we have staffing shortages and we have individuals that are getting promoted into leadership roles. So there's just a lot of changing elements, which makes it very unique and at, at times also very challenging. And so um, I think it's important to have some level of grasp over our, our time management. And I, I just wanted to share this article by Eric Deerdorf that uh he published in january of 2020 so right before the pandemic and it was time management is about more than life hacks and i thought it was a, a really a fascinating article that we'll share in the resource section of our podcast um a- at the bottom if you want access to it in our link and he talks about you know three particular skills um that Separate time management success from failure, in which I can you know completely agree with him. The first one was awareness. So thinking realistically about your time by understanding it is a limited resources resource. Um secondly, arrangement, designing and organizing your goals, plans, schedules, and tasks to effectively use time. So, you know, arranging that piece of the puzzle every day when, if you are in a healthcare environment, you know, it's, it's very complex, you know, how can you arrange some of those goals, plan short-term goals, long-term goals, you know, things in the immediate things for later on that you kind of need to shift around a little bit. And the third one was adaptation, which is monitoring your use of time while performing activities, including adjusting to interruptions or changing priorities. You know, that one right there resonates the most with me is adaptation. I mean, how agile are you um, in the workspace? You know, agility is a big deal. And I think that it's important for everyone to adjust to those constant putting out the fires that Lindsay just talked about, um, or change in priorities. You know, you thought that this week that you were going to address a specific initiative, but now, you know, your boss comes in and says, No, we actually have to address something that's more pressing. So how agile are you? How are you actually willing to adapt to some of those day-to-day changes?
1: Right, right. And you know we do a lot of coaching on adaptation and adaptation definitely shows up, I think in the, you know, sort of that 360 world of the assessments, you know, especially as people are being evaluated for promotions. And I think I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, but even in the, you know, energy world or industrials, you know, you have a major storm like we just had here in Houston. Um, Industrials, you're looking at inputs, you're looking at supply chain, you're looking at safety and plants. Uh, Finance, Um, I distinctly remember being on the trading floor, you know, during market crashes and you have to deal, you know, your priorities shift. So that's an element of it. But for many of us, it's more, we have more control over it than that. And, you know, there's a, a matrix that you and I have been talking about, and that's, you know, our time, time is finite, but time is also very, how do we put it? It's one through 12 and 12 mm-hmm. through 24 hours. Right. This is our energy. Our energy is also finite, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not constant throughout the day. So, you know, thinking about trying to get certain things done, even in your job or outside of your job, um, where is your energy and what are going to be the most impactful things? You know, we talked about it before. You know, what's your $1,000 an hour work versus your $10,000 an hour work? Well, you want to do your $10,000 an hour work when you have the most energy. You may not have a lot of time, but once that energy And so you've got this time versus energy matrix, and then this effort versus impact, which i I, it's yours, and I love that. Um, And talk a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, like you were just saying, time is... there's only 24 hours. (laughs) And so even though we wish it was longer than that at times, and for some people, they're like, no, I really wish it was shorter. Um, (laughs) That's all you get is 24 hours. And not all of it is dedicated to work as we know. So you have to be able to utilize the amount of time that you have dedicated to the workspace in a way that's very wise. Um, And so a lot of that is, again, tapping into the... The effort, you know, how much effort is this going to take you? Is this going to be a short-term project or a long-term project? Is this something that you can knock out in one day versus, you know, actually a bigger project where you have to identify um resources and individuals that can help you carry it through? Um, so the effort is important to the timing, but also I think that the impact is even more important because you know, that, that's your why, which I think we talked about in episode four, um, our last episode was, was identifying the why behind your goals. So, you know, the impact, what is this going to do? You know, is this very impactful for you on an individual levels is this going to impact, for example, the entire organization or institution, can this potentially even impact, you know, the entire, um, population of a town. So I think it's important to see things in those buckets from the time. Uh, that you have, the limited amount of time that you have, um, how much energy and or effort do you need to put into this uh, short term, long term projects? And then how impactful is it? Because the impact then ties in really nicely to what I know you're going to talk about next, which is priorities and values. Um, That's a big, you know, I think overlap there between impact and, you know, how does that align well or not with some of the priorities and values that you have?
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, there's a saying, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority, obviously, patient safety, um, you know, energy reliability, some of these really big things or a priority could be, you know, being at your child's soccer game, you know, Mm -hmm. but connect those priorities to a value. Um, And that's a way to sort of simplify it. And, you know, I've done a lot of exploration myself and I ask my clients this as well. You know, what are the three to five values that you have? And mine are health relationships, uh, professional mastery, and community. And so when I find myself spinning or if I find clients spinning, you know, where does this particular priority, what bucket does that fall into? And I think that goes into that awareness that you mentioned, um, you know, really looking at thinking realistically about your time mm-hmm. and and being able to pr- sift the priority that way in ter- terms of your value and then arranging, right? Oh, I really have neglected you know, health, or I, you know, this is really important for professional achievement or mastery. And then that adapting, right? How do you adjust? How do you shift priorities, monitor the use of your time? And I've got something that I'll share with, um, that's a bit more, I would say, emotionally or intuitively driven, and you have one that is a really great self-accountability tool um, that I find is more process oriented. So we're gonna share both of those, but um I'd like to I'd like for you to tell us about the OKRs that that you so
0: skillfully use? <laughs> you know, the OKRs is, is very interesting because, and I'm laughing because it was actually handed to me in one of my leadership positions um, several, many years, many, many years ago. Um, and, but it's still applicable today. And I actually have run into many individuals, you know, at the C-suite level that are in healthcare systems or academic medical centers that kind of still use it or use some format like it. Um, And it's essentially stands for objectives and key results. And so what it does is you have objectives, which is your goals, and then you have, you know, several key results that will help you accomplish that goal. But in order to um, identify some of those key results, um for example you want to get buy-in from the medical staff members from the entire hospital well you need to come up with initiatives to do that and those initiatives are also known in the coaching world as action plans so what you do is you just identify several action plans towards those key results and you plug in you know a live tracking of where you think you are in the progress um uh, of that objective and goal and it just gives you this live um progress tracking of of you know, up to this point, how much work have you done towards that goal? Um, What action plans are you still missing? What are some of the action plans that you have completed? So I love it because it's a very, um, it's a very neat tool that really does provide the self-accountability piece. So you're not just kind of daydreaming every day and saying, oh, I really would love to implement this tool into the office space, but I just haven't had time or, you know, I haven't identified the right resources Uh, Well, that's what the OKR is. It actually allows you to identify those resources and it holds you accountable to the timing in terms of your percentage progress. Are you halfway through? Are you, you know, three quarters through? And so you're able to just have a visual of where you are. You know, why I love the OKRs at the end of the day, really, and this is my own personal opinion, is because it allows you to feel comfortable deciding, no, I'm not going to work. Um, after work hours. Uh, My commitment to the organization is, you know, from seven to five, and I've made that commitment. And so the afternoons and the evenings, you know, belong to me. Um, It allows you to not work during the weekends because you know that you're caught up. Your OKRs, you know, that visual lets you see that you're caught up with all of the tasks and responsibilities that you actually had during the week. So it provides that work life balance. Yeah, and I actually have one. I work with one. Um I keep a copy of it and I look at it all the time and it it takes away that guilt. And I think in one of our previous episodes you brought that up, you know, feeling guilty. Oh. <laughs> right that everyone struggles with. You feel so guilty because you think that you in fact have not completed nearly as half or you have not started, you know, that project or or that specific um, initiative that you wanted. And in fact, the OKRs will tell you as your little accountability partner, um, no, you really have. And so you can take the weekend off.
1: Wow. I love OKR as validation
0: it's it's actually pretty neat and you know i i have clients that i have introduced it to and they they really do love it there's been a couple that that um that say you know they're just caught up in the entering in the data on the excel and and so they feel like that's a task in itself but if you don't look at it like that and you really do look at it as an accountability partner sort of tool i think it's wonderful but I know you have something different that you would love to share with our audience, which I really also love. And I think it's more simplistic.
1: And I'm laughing because when you say, oh, it's such a chore to enter the tasks in the OKR, that is me. (laughs) I've right. <laughs> so many different task management and productivity management systems, and they don't—they ju- just don't stick with me. Right. Um, so I realize now it's either bright shiny toy uh, syndrome. Oh, this will change everything. And the reality is, my mind and my my how my mind works just doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I use is. What I what i like to call a control scale i need a better sexier word for it <laughs> but you know where is this demand coming from so there's certain things you have to do i have to feed and pick up my child from school i have to pay my taxes i have to put this proposal together for this client if i want to stay in business as an executive coach and consultant Um, But then there are other words, I need to, I need to walk the dog more, I want to run a 5k or gosh, I really should, you know, send out a mass email to do some marketing. Those are all internal. Mm -hmm. And being able to distinguish what is external. I need this to function in the world and pay my bills and raise my children. I mean, I I know that feels very black and white, but I look at it as what's an external, you know, impetus and what are the internal ones and the internal ones are the guilt, especially the last one I should, you know, we're shooting all over ourselves. And that's where the coaching comes in because usually it triggers something. I need to, I want to, I should. Well, why? What value is that triggering? And that brings up, you know, really getting to understand your values and how those values impact priorities. And I think you're getting certified in an assessment that I use, which is called Hogan Assessments. And why don't you share what you learned about values?
0: It's actually pretty neat. I am getting certified in this and, um, And, and, and as you are, and I think, you know, one of the, uh, the assessments they talk about is called the MVPI, which stands for motives, values, and your preference inventory. You know, when you think about it, and we don't get asked this when we're in leadership positions, but we, we never get asked, what are your values? (laughs) And a lot of times we subtly know what our values are, but it's not at the forefront. I mean, it's not you know, consciously we know this is what it is, and this is from the standpoint that I operate from. Um, the MVPIs for the Hogan assessment is different categories. you know, one of them is, um, you know, are you traditional? Do you like security? Is commerce something that's important to you? Um, what about are you scientifically data driven? Um, what about the aesthetics of a, of some service or product? you know, do you like functionality over? Uh, what it looks like, the quality, the image, Um, you know, affiliation, which I think is really important because this could help you drive um, how you operate every day in the workspace, which is, um, are you more private task focused with minimal interruptions? Or if you're on the higher end of affiliation, do you like to network? Do you value relationships, teamwork and belonging? And so I think that understanding those values and where you fall um, on some of your own value um system, that can help sort of drive your priorities. Like you just mentioned, Lindsay, It can help you understand, you know, this is very important. This is sort of at the core of how I operate. And so I should shift my priorities around, you know, in the center of of those value systems. Um, and then I think it would help, to your point, the control scale that that you so beautifully have come up with, um, plugging in what do you really have to do you know do you really have to do it um what do you need to do what do you want to do and what you should do Uh, if that makes sense
1: it does and as usual you know talking on the sort of big idea of what does it mean to be a leader in these complex important organizations um really does come down, you know, why are we doing this? You know, where do you have the energy for something? Where don't you have the energy? Um, you know, someone who is more private and task oriented and they tell themselves, I should not work more. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it because they're not wired that way. Right. You know, so again, it's that should, so it's interesting how, you know, we, We started with, you know, sort of the world of work and look at it as, okay, how do we prioritize? How do we adapt? And looking at that time, you know, there's 24 hash marks in the day versus our energy levels. And then what is the effort required versus the impact? And we looked at some tools you know, the OKRs and, you know, my very unscientific control scale, but it really comes down to what's underneath the surface, which again is just that beauty of coaching. Understanding ourselves so that we can understand and maybe flourish in areas where we're stronger and give ourselves a little bit more grace Where it's just not our natural inclination, but it's part of our job. And hopefully with some of that awareness, we can understand ourselves and our careers and our trajectories and hopefully be able to exert a little bit more control over our time and how we choose to spend our energy.
0: I think it's beautifully said. Thank you so much for that wonderful summary. I love how you've pieced it all together. I really do hope that everyone has enjoyed this episode of the Time Gap. It's been, you know, an incredible uh, time here spent with Lindsay as my co-host on Never Mind the Gap. We really hope that these conversations, uh, you know, bring some value and um, clarity in terms of, you know, your own time management, your own priorities. Um, and we look forward to connecting with you guys again here on Nevermind the Gap. We do podcast every other week, and please find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I Love Radio, Spotify. We're everywhere on your favorite uh, podcasting platform, so please uh, follow us there, and if you have any questions, you can also reach out to us. We do have our contact information as well at the bottom of our episodes, so we look forward to connecting with you. And thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you, Lindsay.
1: Thank you, Carmen. Talk to you all next week.